Welcome to Life Karma. We are not back at the spa. This is Sam Bracken. And B.A. B.A. S.B. S.B. We're here. And we're not in nature. We're in our Life Karma Studios. And I'm drinking Mountain Dew Zero. And I'm drinking Diet Dr. Pepper. Oh man, you just never that was know trippy. what we're gonna say, right? Yeah, it's like it's know. you know, it has to. I wish we were sponsored by Mountain Dew Zero. Yeah, we should be. We well, should be as much as I like. Get it. too hyped up. I look, I look for it today at Smith's, and it was not even there. And I'm like, damn it, Jim. Yeah, someone's stealing it. Probably someone this stealing. They don't want us to have it. No, nope. someone, someone's stealing. Sorry it. about last week. My wife went crazy and decided to go quarantine in another part of the state, so I had to follow. You did. She was yep. pretty active on her social. I told her not to be. Because everybody knows you're not home then. Yeah. that's what I, well, Good thing you have a neighbor that doesn't watches your house, see if anybody's well, thieving. Yeah, and then we're supposed to be quarantining or whatever, <laughs> which is all a bunch of crap anyways. I don't care. Come at me with that. Don't, don't, actually don't come at me because I don't want to hit you with facts. Yeah, the facts are Florida did way better than New York. Sweden did better than all of us. Exactly. And they didn't shut anything down. Yep. They just protected the elderly. Which uh, New York did not, by the way. No, thirty percent. Thirty percent. Yeah, thirty percent of the people that died in New York were from in uh, nursing homes. So yes. I said, I told Kim, don't you ever, ever, ever let me go to a nursing home. It's like, oh, you have COVID. Oh, let's send you back to the nursing home. Yeah, it was just weird. That is so yeah, stupid. They didn't think through. They didn't think through that. And I'm not even being political here. No, that's just priest. weird. That's some weird stuff. Emily has gone political, though. Oh, I know. I noticed that. I'm like, <laughs> what up with M? She's just like, like being. She's like, I've had enough. I'm going to be political, and I'm like, be ready. Be careful. Be careful. What you're you going to open for. yourself to some blasting. She's. Like, I'm not ashamed of who I am. I'm like, I'm not saying you are. What I'm saying is, yeah. do you want to deal with it? Yeah, because being political right now, not, not a. It's not a hobby, and it's it's just it's just. <laughs> It's just hyperbole and bullshit. It's not. It's not no. fact. It's not based in fact. No, nope. it's, it's, ig- it's just driven by ignorance. And I'm like, come on, people, really? Just the one pet peeve I really have, really bad, is like our leaders telling us to quarantine and not get haircuts or whatever, and then they go do it. They're yeah. going in. Quor- they're going. Well, they're public leaving. figures, and they need to present the best thing. So they're the exception. Dude, we'd like you better if you looked like us with no haircuts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Trump doesn't look like he has a haircut. Yeah, he, he never has a haircut. <laughs> he has a wicked-ass comb-over. and Do you notice the yellow? Never... He has the orange face and wicked comb-over. Yeah, they never show the left side of his head. Probably because there's a big goiter on there or some shit Probably. that no one even notices. <laughs> like, I might have to Google Trump's left side of his head. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I never see it. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so, <clears throat> I had lots and lots and lots of time to think and read and listen. Um, I started reading Deepak Chopra's book, Metahuman. Yeah, remember a year ago or so, we took a whole we took a whole slew of folks, our all of our buddies and friends. We had dinner, and uh, went to Deepak, and we met him. I um, I actually pulled some strings, and we got to meet Deepak and Deepak. He signed and, some uh, books for us. Signed some books, and, uh, and you know that was a fascinating evening. It we was... had. A, you should share with um, share what, what was the big. I mean, there was a life changing oh. moment there in that 
kind of couple hours with Deepak. Well, I definitely have to say Sam did pull some strings. And there's no way I could have met Deepak at all without Samuel helping he, out. He was a that. pretty cool dude. I'm like, I, you know, he was pretty pretty organic and very organic. But he, had, he did have like a $700 pair of sneakers on. Oh, yes, he did. I, I mean, remember. he was sporting some nice threads and nice mm-hmm. sneaks, man. Mm-hmm. Very, very fascinating guy. And at the end, as you remember, he did um, a meditation. He led a meditation with the whole group. Yeah. Okay. It was, like how many people were you were in there? There's probably 4,000 people there. A couple, yeah. You know, at least two, 2,800 people, maybe 3,000 people, all in a group meditation. Wow. It was amazing. I mean, you could feel... Uh, I want to say unity of the people there, even though we're all different, we're all different backgrounds, all different really beliefs, right? But in that meditation, you could really feel a unity and power and strength. Yeah, it was palpable. Like it was a really far more emotional than I ever imagined something like that could be. Yes. And it was for 28 minutes. It was like 3,000 people meditating for 28 minutes. And it felt like five. It did. It just blew by. It was freaky. Like it was, it was really freaky. Meditation is a great practice. Meditation. I'm starting to believe is an essential practice. I know we throw out that word essential a lot nowadays, but it really is like there's in our lives. We're so busy. We're so everything you do is geared towards making you more busy. Well, your mind is always occupied with either fear, worry, of uncertainty of the future or regret of the past or yes. something going on that you don't have control over. That you can't you can't hop in a time machine and go mm-hmm. forward or backward. And we just lose the moment. We don't live in the moment. And and part of being mindful and being meditative is to soak in the moment, being yes. present and uh and I remember when I was taught about my, my friend, Dr. Mike Open taught me a lot about meditation and he said, try to empty your mind. And I'm like, what, what does that even mean to empty your mind? Like I couldn't even grasp the concept no. of em- emptying your mind. It makes you feel like, stupid, right? Like we mean empty my mind. Do you think I'm an idiot? Like there, I can't have anything in there. I didn't, I, I thought it was impossible. How could oh, you yeah. just, cause whenever I would, when I was a kid, whenever I'd close my eyes, and, and like think about something or like try to have a thought. It was always like getting my ass kicked as a kid. Like yeah. I, my, it was always like the fear, fear. occupied with yeah. post-traumatic stuff, right? All that traumatic stuff. And um, and then as I got to become an, an adult and, and became more familiar with prayer, prayer, you know, you occupy your mind with prayer because you're talking about intention and you're speaking with deity. But meditation is different than prayer. Yeah, well, I, well, prayer. I think it, prayer, it has the prayer, same outcome, well, similar outcome. Prayer is a form of meditation. It is. It is a totally form of meditation. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. And yeah. you know, the question here's what I've been asking everybody this week, and you'll you'll appreciate this. I say to them, "Hey, can I ask you a couple of questions?" And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, sure, sure." And they're like, "Is this the normal Brian Arnold questions? They're going to mess me up for a week?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Yes." The provocative, powerful questions. Yes, they are. And so you, you, can you just imagine this? I'm sitting poolside in uh, wonderful St. George, Utah with two um, housewives. One of them has a college degree, one doesn't. And I say to both of them, what controls your body? And they say, they look at me like I'm an idiot. Uh, my brain. I'm like, correct. So what controls your brain? And they stop. 
And they're like, crap. What do you mean? What controls my brain? I'm like, what controls your brain? Like, seriously, think about that for a second. What controls your brain? They didn't have an answer. No, they didn't. And they're like, then they try to get religious on me, of course. Right. And I'm like, no, 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 just, okay. I got the religion part, but let's just step back for a second. You look through your eyes, you take in data and your brain takes that data, but who tells the brain what that is? Because when you're born, your brain isn't like a computer where it has pre-integrated knowledge. So somebody has to take all that data and make it something. Yeah. So what controls your brain is your prefrontal cortex, your secondary brain. That's right here in your forehead. That's where you have choice, where you have awareness, where you have filters. That's where you can think about your thoughts. Your primal brain, which is in the back of your head, mm -hmm. right? In the back of your brainstem, that, that wants sex, food, shelter, and safety. And, um, but the front of your brain, that is where, that is where meditation happens. That's but, where you choose, you choose, um, but who gives it that power? How do you give it that power? How do you give your front cortex that power? It's, it's a function of your brain. It's the biology of your brain. You don't give the, the frontal cortex power. This is going to be fun. You're going to bust me on this because we're going to have a disagreement. But I'm like, your frontal cortex by its nature, its function is to give you choice, is to have higher learning and higher thinking and right. to have filter and social norms and all those kinds of things. But, okay. It doesn't come from some external source. No, it's not part of external, your, not external. It's part of your, it's part of your biological function. Correct. But, but okay, but... It, <laughs> Okay, let me ask you this question. And if your front cortex does that, if it gives you choice, it still has to know what it's choosing between. So like you can't just say it gives you choice because you don't know what you're choose like what you're making choices between. Well, that's because um well, if you live in an environment where um there are options, which we do, Right. Yeah, but who tells you those? I mean, like, how's your brain know those options? Your brain knows those options because the biases that you grew up in and the, and the social norms and mores that your family taught you. Mm. <clears throat> so, for instance, I was taught that evil was good. Correct. And that good was evil. Correct. Right. And then I'm like, in my teen years, I'm like, no, evil is not good. I feel like shit when I do these things. When I lie, when I steal, when I cheat, when I, when I take. What do you mean you feel? I mean, like. I mean, it, to me, it was, it didn't, but, but I was okay, taught so that it was okay. Yeah. Okay. You're proving my point. I'm going to get to my point here. But <laughs> <laughs> those feelings, where do those come from? Because like if you, if you're taught one thing, but you're feeling something else then how does your front cortex really give you a choice? Yeah. Because now... Yeah, so you're going to conscience. Ah, yes, your okay. consciousness. Your, your consciousness. consciousness. That is something that can't be explained by science or me metabolic. Well, it, it, it it's can a be weird. measured. Yeah. I, yeah. They I know guess. it's there. They know it's there. They can prove it's there. Your conscience? Yes. Yes. They scientifically. Scientifically that... Yeah, really? I know he's looking at me like I'm an idiot right now. No, no, no. You're talking fine, now. Now you go into the metaphysical or the spiritual realm of things, because I believe that conscious uh, consciousness is is part of what God gives you as you go through your mortal experience. And I believe that I believe that consciousness is light and love 
um, that comes from God. And I, but I believe you can, through choice, drown it out and have no conscience. Right. And I think that a lot of people that do terrible things like your sociopaths or whatever, Mm -hmm. I think their frontal lobe is damaged or they have, um, practiced, uh, they've been, they've been, their, their neurons have been, um, uh, impacted through experience so badly they have no conscience and they so live in darkness from it. Right. So they live in darkness and they don't have, they don't have that kind of thing. Um, cause Deepak said something of that night there that was fascinating to me. I don't know if you remember this, but he said, um, we've always existed and we always will exist. And we always will exist. Right. Right. He said that. And so he also said some other weird shit. Like we were all deity and like, yeah, he, he had some, yeah, he doesn't believe in God. I mean, no, not you know, at all. He just thinks that you are God incarnate, right? Kind correct. Of stuff. Yes. But um, there's a lot of stuff that he said that I totally dug. And that was one of them. Yeah. You've always existed and you always will exist. And that actually lines up with our theology. Correct. Correct. Now, and here's the interesting part about that. The reason why it does, right? And the reason why it makes sense is because of your consciousness. Right. Right. So when you die, you actually live on. Right. Because your conscious, your body is just a shell for your consciousness. Yeah. It's a glove. Maybe that's a playground in a way. Well, it, it could be, it's gaining more knowledge. Your consciousness is gaining more knowledge through experience. Yes. But it, it's cause your brain doesn't go with you. No, but you said, where do your feelings come from? I'm sorry. I'm just digressing a little bit. So did I say feelings? Where did your feelings, where do your feelings come yeah, from? Oh yeah, I did ask you. Yeah. Right. And, yes, and so, uh, so like, I think your feelings come from the chemistry in your brain that your brain produces based on your thoughts. There's always a thought. So there's always a thought. Um, again, I love Mike, my, my Dr. Mike. He, he taught me that, um, whenever you have an emotion, either good or bad, it was always first triggered by a thought that emotion, which usually has a chemical, the emotion is produced by a chemical reaction, dopamine, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So when you have, when you're in a meditative state, you're clearing your mind of thought, then there's different chemistry in your brain that, that gives you feelings of peace and clarity, mm-hmm. right? Because you're not, things aren't firing all, you know, your brain's not firing neurons at a million bits a second to, to occupy your thinking that your, your brain has time to recalibrate and rest and uh, rejuvenate through meditation. And that actually gives you peace. Um, but feelings come from thoughts. And the frontal lobe gives you the ability to choose your thoughts. We're the only beings on this planet that can think about our thoughts and have this cognition of free will. Um, now, when people have a disease of their frontal lobe, what happens? Their thoughts, their free will is limited. It starts to the narrow the bandwidth on your Correct. free will is much limited. So people have bipolar depression or anxiety or like frontal lobe diseases um, they're going to have limited choice. And this is a hard thing to explain to people, but yeah. it's fact. No, like, it's fact. I believe that. But the, uh, the consciousness though is weird to me because it makes you, as they describe it, one with everything. Now I know you're looking at me. He's, I love this so much. When he we need some incense, way. man. And some um, <laughs> cannabis. So, hey, did you bring me back some cannabis? Uh, or what do you call that stuff? The joint know. pain I don't know stuff. What you're talking about. The cream. I don't know what you're no, talking No, you don't about. know what I'm talking about. You can either confirm or deny it. I cannot it. confirm or deny I need some joint cream. 
So I watched a show, and I'm going to tie this all Cannabis right. cream, sorry. Yeah, cannabis cream. Uh, Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. It was just released. He was on, um, yeah. Anyway, so it's not a, it, it starts out as a show about aliens, but it's really not. So anyway, so this. Uh, <laughs> no, dude, I was watching one of those shows, and you know what? They were saying Jesus was an alien. I, well, and this is, is. Exactly. And this is what we talk about in our lo- yes. other episodes. You're like, do you believe in aliens? I said, yes. Yes. Jesus. I believe in heavily aliens. Dude, <laughs> I just know after you watch this show, it's going to change your freaking mind about everything. Oh, okay. Okay. But anyway, so I'm going to explain something to you in this. Okay. There was a scientific study done at, uh, crap. Now I can't remember the university. It's probably a, Berkeley or. Yeah. It was one of those smart ones. Uh, was, uh, so they did too, but this was the unpublished one. They took a room, four walls, no windows. They put, and then they put a light in the middle. They took a live plant and put the plant in one of the corners and divided the room into four quadrants. And based on a random number generator, so one or zero, right? Binary. That light would go to a different quadrant. So statistically, they should be equal between all the quadrants, right? They found that over time, it had light disproportionately shown on the plant. Even though it was programmed to do equal random, Random equalness. Yes. And their point of this was that they believe that, um, that it shows that even plants have some form of consciousness, just like animals... It knows what it needs and therefore can do that. So it's drawing the power. It's drawing the, drawing the light to them. Yes. Now let me back up. They also, with the same random generator, they'd run it, right? And it pretty, pretty 50-50, perfect. Then they bring somebody in. This was a published experiment. And they'd say, okay, we want you to focus your thoughts on a one or a zero. And they found that as they did that, disproportional on that number showing that we have some type of effect through our thoughts and, and, and how we kind of come together. Now think about that from a religious standpoint, fasting, prayer, yeah, congregations. Okay. Yeah. So I'm measured. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to go right back to you. Since you brought religion into this. Yeah, I did. Guess what the power of all that comes from? God. Love. Guess what God is? Guess what God is? There we go. God is love. I I don't doubt that God loves us. No, no, no. He is love. That's the, the power of creation comes from love, dude. That's my own. Okay. That's not my, that's my own personal. Creation comes from love. Okay. So you and I have, you, we have power. We have power that comes theologically. We, we're given power to act yes. in God's name. Yeah. I believe that power is magnified exponentially through love. That's interesting. Love. love. I think love heals. That. I think it loves opens. I think it heals. I think it enlightens. It brings light but instead of darkness. Is, this is where I agree with like the Greeks and stuff like that. Like you can't just have one word for love. No, here I got them right here. I wrote them down this week. Oh, you have. It. I um, hate it when he has like the answers right when I post. So you have uh, eros, which is romantic love. You have phil, uh, philia, which is deep friendship love, which we have. Yeah. Um, you have uh, ludus, which is playful love. 
Agape, which is love of your fellow man. Isn't there a good drink called agape? Agape, like great yeah, person of course, yeah. So, uh, pragma, which is longstanding love. You have feluta, which is um, uh, felt love. That's when you feel love. Starag, which is family love. Uh, ludus, which is playful love. And mania, which is obsessive love. Oh, Those were some Greeks. That's what the Greeks, the Greeks know what they're talking about. But so let me run this hypothetical past you. Wow, it's just you got to admit, man, I was Johnny on the spot with that one. I know, I really hated it, but loved it, <laughs> but loved it at the same time. No idea you were going to talk about this. I know, I'm not allowed to say. <laughs> I, I can't tell you the inner disgust when I said that, and he already had it in his little folder over here. I'm, so, I'm like, <laughs> frick, of course he does. It's, you know what? It's the binary thing. You just rub off on me, and I like, no, I think the same way you do, and it's, it's just, our consciousness is yeah, linking up. Yeah, it's connecting. Yeah. But so, so let's say. Let's say our consciousness, like let's say we have a group of people praying together and someone is healed. <clears throat> is that by love or is that by the power of your conscience linking together? Yes. Which one? The answer is yes. It's ah. both of them. What do you think? The power of the consciousness coming together is through love. That's what does it. I don't think I have it. to love someone to yeah, want we, them healed. You know what? So we have um, we have a wonderful family we're a part of. Bo married Stephanie and Stephanie's family. Stephanie's great-grandmother, Grandma Peterson, had open-heart surgery this week, yesterday. Mm -hmm. And we love that woman. She's 91 years old. Dang. She had five bypass heart oh surgery. Oh, my gosh. And we were praying and we were asking God and his angels to help her. Right. And you know what? Everybody in the family was praying. We were fasting and praying and focusing. Focusing that, your consciousness. Focusing our consciousness on the doctors, that his hands would be led, on Grandma Peterson, that she would, she would pull through as a champion and the kind of person she is. And you know what? Mm. She did well. Mm. And she's recovering now and... And uh, the surgery was successful and, and things are good. And it was all driven because of love. And this weekend on Sunday, well, I think it was. But this Sunday, one of the things that we did, because it's COVID-19 time, you can't go see people in the Stupid. hospital. So we got on the, we got on the, we, get in, we got on the heli helipad, which was right by her window. And all of her family, like probably 40 of us. We were there with signs and That's telling her we loved her. It's a violation. Yeah, whatever. We we all had been tested and we we're negative, so <laughs> whatever. I was in gloves. I had gloves and a mask on. You whatever. Were, you were not tested. I know, but I had gloves and a mask. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and we got her on. We got her on Facetime, and yeah. we had the coolest experience, man. It was all because it was all with love, man. It was all love, man. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. The beautiful experience. Okay, but like. You have like mediums and stuff, like people that have that talent that can kind of just sense what's going on in your life or whatever. Yeah. That has nothing to do with love. Yeah. I don't, I think they have, I think dark, darkness has power and oh, light has power. I don't know if that's darkness. I, I think there are some darkness ones. Yeah. Dude, that's because you didn't go grow up around that's a bunch true. of witchcraft or like witchy, witch, that's like true. crazy witch women to like claim to have sex with Satan and shit. Like, okay, like yeah. that's the kind of people I grew up with and they have power. Trust me. No, 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 no. They no. have I really. They have power. They got power. They can like predict your future and shit. Like they, they I had some weird experiences <laughs> as a kid. <laughs> so I'm like, like I think there's a topic. Yeah, it is. We'll we'll have another. We'll have. A, I want to hear it won't that be one. The... <laughs> 
I seriously want to hear every single one. Oh my gosh, they are so stuff. weird. Stories are so Why do weird. I love that stuff? I love You're that fascinated stuff. by the, the um, what are you? Um, dark, mystical. Yeah, the kind of. Well, I, I'm going to read this quote from okay, Deepak. Okay, please read it. Let's hear it. Maybe we'll have to break this down or something like that. Let's see here. So this is in MetaHuman, his book. <clears throat> this is in the prologue. And it is, yeah, I read this to Sam before, but I want to break this down. It says, you have awakened to who you really are, the user of the brain, but not the brain, the traveler in a body, but not the body, the thinker of thoughts who is far, far more than any thought. As I will show in the following pages, your true self is beyond time and space. Okay. I believe that. I believe your true self is beyond time and space. Well, uh, okay. So we have the, uh, what you're a user of a brain, but you're not the brain that that's you're not your body. Well, you're not even your brain though. Well, if you're not your body, you're not your brain. If you look at it in a way that your brain is a tool that you have at your disposal, Uh does that make you think any differently? Well, my feet are tools, my knees are tools, my arms are tools. Correct. And um, if I take care of my tools, they'll take care of me. How many times do you hear, I can't help it? Well, that's because they're not using their consciousness and they're ignorant. That's right. Because they're ignorant. Ignorant. As they say in the South, that was ignorant. Yes. I mean, that's my That sounds ignorant over there. I don't think very many people think of their brain as a tool. No, not not many people even use their brain. Well, that's true. They just help. They're on automatic pilot feeding the the brainstem that says, I want money, I want sex, I want food, and I want safety. Like, that's all. I would say the majority of people live there. They don't live in their frontal lobe with their higher brain. Well, that's why it bugs me when people are like, You can't fault me for what my passion is. I'm like, Yeah, I freaking can. And I can I can do whatever the hell I want. I can judge you as much as I want. I can fault you for and you know what really pisses me off when people mm-hmm. tell me what I believe. I'm like, you don't know what I believe. No. You can you like I used I, to I'm just messing with you and you don't even know what I believe. Like I you yeah. don't even I can tell you I I'm satanic worshiper and you can believe it, but you don't know what I really believe. Yeah, I mean you have I mean you have you choose what you believe. I'm the user of a you brain. You create what you believe. I'm a user of the brain, not the brain. Yeah, of course. No, but I don't think very many people see it that simple. Well, you use your bicep, you use your brain. Yeah, use your eye, your, your ocular own. cavity houses your eyes, you use your eyes to see. Yeah, but some people believe their DNA controls what the brain thinks, and so they have no choice. Well, that's because they're ignorant. I know, that's my point. You always have a choice. Let me tell you something. When, when, when you think, when you think you have to do something, most of the time that's a mistake. Most of the time, mm-hmm. I, I have no choice when, when people say I have no choice and then they do something, guess what? Yeah. It's just, they a, make a mistake. Well, it's just an excuse. <laughs> well, you always have a choice because we're human beings and we have a frontal cortex. Now, again, some people, uh, there's, I need to have some kind of leeway there because some people's choice is limited, but yes. even with people that suffer with, um, mental, you know, illnesses and infirmities, um, they still have choice, even though it's limited, they still have it. We there's still have it. There's something they have a choice about. Yeah. They, you know, they, mm. there is whether they take their meds or not, or right. whether, um, whether they're going to learn or not, whether they're going to be aware or not, or, you know, you know, that's something you can affect. So 
your brain is a tool that you use is really, I can, I'm not going to argue with you on that. But, but, I, I'm okay with that. Yes. Yeah, so you was, occupy your body. You use your body. You use all, use your heart, use your I brain. Quote, I think I have a quote here from Einstein on consciousness. You, you can tell I haven't been studying this at all. No, you like when you went into the rabbit hole. When you oh. told me that you were studying meditation until 3 a.m. in the morning. Yep. I'm like, uh-oh, he's going deep into the <laughs> rabbit hole. <laughs> he's going deep. I'm like, I'm like yes. Yeah, okay. You're yeah. still young and groovy. You can do that kind of shit. I go to bed <laughs> at 10 o'clock. Well, it's because I was reading Deepak Chopra and I was watching Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind and there were so many things that just blew me away between the two. Yeah, you know what happened? Your brain produced chemicals that kept you awake. Yeah, because my consciousness was like, you need to stay awake and learn this now. Your adrenaline went through your body. Okay, Einstein said, a human being is a part of the whole called by us universe, a part limited in time and space. He experiences himself, his thoughts and feelings as something separate from the rest, a kind of optical delusion of his consciousness. That's Einstein, is it? That is. Equals MC squared Einstein. Dude, he, toward the end he of his life, smart dude. he was trying to figure out consciousness in a way that could almost be mathematical, right? Like he was only, he was studying this, where are we in the universe kind of, how does it all relate? And the consciousness is how it's all connected, in my opinion. Is like that's why you don't ever die. That's why you've always existed. You always will exist. Is because of that. So, how much does it affect your behavior if you think you're just you're just this mortal life is just part of a journey? Well, then you're more likely to follow stupid things and call it your passion. Really? Yes. I don't know. I just wanted to say that because I was hoping it'd piss you off, but no. Like I'm like. I think exactly the opposite of that. I'm like, I wouldn't follow. If I think this life's a journey, then I want to consume as much as I can to learn as much as I can. So I can take that with me. Oh, here we go. Do you take your learnings with you when you die? Absolutely. But you don't take your brain. Your Your consciousness. Oh, yes. Okay. Now that's something fascinating. Yes. You take your learnings and your experiences. Your knowledge. But you don't take your brain. No. Mm. That's why scientists have always been searching for consciousness within the brain mapping that they've always done. Wow. You know, what's interesting is, um, is this concept of energy and light. Yes. Right. This concept, um, we know we have a very high esteemed leader in our theology that really taught us that energy cannot be created or destroyed. Just like we've always existed, energy's always existed. Yeah, I believe that. And that things are, like this world was organized. It wasn't... Big Bang? It wasn't like a Big Bang and a Big Foam and a Big This and a Big That. It was it was elements that already existed that was organized into a, into but, a planet in the solar system. But I've always thought, why couldn't that be done through the Big Bang? It could have done. I just think it was divinely guided. Mm-hmm. So like, I, 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 I sort of believe in evolution, but I believe in a like a divinely guided evolution. Oh, absolutely. Whether we came from like an amoeba, a fish, or like, I, I, I have no idea, nor do I care. Well, you know, we know as a fact that the CIA used consciousness for 25 years at least to spy on other countries. 
I don't, I don't know that. You said we know that. I said, I've never heard of that shit. Like, you just bring it up to me right now. Like, <laughs> you're telling our audience, like, well, we know that. I'm like, I don't know that. Well, I'm, freedom, I don't know where you got that one from. Freedom of Information Act, number one. Number two, there's people that have gone on the record that were part of that. So the CIA recruited people, one of them, Lockheed Martin guy with laser physics engineer, whatever. And they were able to use ESP and meditation and consciousness to be able to spy on other countries. So to, to be able to see what they're doing from right here. So they saw with their third eye, did they? Yeah. See, I knew this was coming. So yes, (laughs) but here's the other thing. It's in the wall street journal and stuff like that. Oh, then it must be true. Obviously everything, the wall street journal prints. In the seventies. Okay. <laughs> oh, Judas priest. Okay. Let me ask you, do you not believe that you couldn't, do you believe that's not possible? I, I believe I've had times in my mind, in my life where I've actually read people's mind. Absolutely. You have. I'm sure you No, have. I'm like, I've, I've totally bona fide declared it to them and read their yeah, mind. I'm sure you have. But that's to me, point. it was a spiritual experience. It wasn't yeah. a, well, I guess it was but, consciousness. But, was a consciousness, right? right, right but why, well, that's a talent, right? Like, I think that's something that can be developed. Yeah, if you work at it hard enough. Yeah, I guess. yeah. I mean, like, okay. So you think if I think about this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use my thinking. I'm gonna take this pen. black pen. I'm gonna. Go, it's going to be a pencil. I'm going to make this a piece of he's, a pear. He he's, he's, I'm going to make this an atom. This pen. I'm gonna make it into an apple. I know, I know somebody on the other side of this freaking microphone <laughs> understands what I am saying. I understand what you're saying, but I'm not taking it as literal as you are. I, I take it. A, I'm a little, Same you know, I'm a moderate man. No. I mean, you, the more you get to know me, the more, you know, I'm sort I'm of like in the libertarian. I'm a libertarian. I'm sort of a, in the middle guy. Like I'm, I'm a moderate. Okay. Well, here's the thing. I believe in consciousness and the power of consciousness. Yes. I believe it's driven by love and it's, and the more you love, the more you have propensity to love and the greater, um, the greater consciousness you have and the greater light you carry. And I believe that's a choice. I believe love is a choice and, um, you can choose every day to love instead of hate. You can choose. Can everyone tell what Sam has been studying compared to what I have been I've been studying, studying love. You've been studying <laughs> I've been studying love. You've been studying meditation, which is good. Yes, yes. I know. And it's like, but I just is don't meditation love, I a form think, of love? I just don't think love is as powerful as you think it is. Oh, bullshit, man. No, no, I'm sorry. No, I get my opinion. You got your opinion. Oh, good. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go biblical on your ass right here. For ah. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Like, be, we exist. The plan of salvation exists. The plan of mortality exists. You exist. I exist in this earthly form, in this body because of the love of God. And, and because Christ loved us, he died for us. I know that's going biblical. I know, but look, I think that's all about the love, man. Sorry. I got a little strong there. No, no, I totally fine because I get where you're coming from, but there's also a progression factor to all that. Really? So you you think I'm ignorant? No, 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 no. I think love is a part of it, but I don't think it's the whole thing. Well, I'm I have this theory. Yeah, let's hear it. I think love can heal trauma. Okay. That's my, like that's this different. What? That's different. No one, no one. Okay. If love's a choice. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is you gotta go back to the Greek part because like God's love totally different than love. Well, it's infinite. His love is infinite and eternal. 
like it's it's power it's all powerful so you take all those words you combine them a quadrillion times and that's god's love our love we only stand understand love because um our parents loved us a certain way we've had experiences with love so we only under we we have a minuscule understanding of love very very minor minuscule Mm, i agree in a way I just, I mean, I do believe that love can heal trauma. I do believe that, but I don't think it's the only thing. But I, I know you didn't say it's the only thing. No, no, no. I think trauma can be healed. I mean, like I'm doing stuff, you know, 50 years later for my childhood trauma that are helping, helping me deal with it. But in the end, I got to figure out a way to do it on my own because my triggers and my, my, my pain points because of my childhood have been with me my whole life. I may or may not overcome those um you gotta become metahuman okay i'm all for it you gotta go beyond it yeah okay like like i don't know how to do that and most either. people in our audience don't know how to do that i don't either i'm not saying i do i loved it i would love to hear your studies on love i know i just used it twice in the same sentence but i would like to know what you know now i find it very interesting and fascinating that you've come to this conclusion. Well, I'm on this journey to heal my trauma through love. Right? I think love is... How did you come is, to that? How did you come to that? Through meditation. Are you being for real right now? I'm being med- totally straight up through prayer and meditation. So what came first, love or meditation? Love. <laughs> no, I mean... Love is the beginning of everything. Okay, for you. I, 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 you know what? I'm just sick of fighting this shit, and I'm like, you know what? It's all about the love. And um, I think the greatest power in the universe is love. Matchless, limitless power of love. And um, I think um, love is a choice. I think the Greeks, you know, knew a lot about love. They had different names for it, different uh, different categories for it. And uh, the other thing I think is, is when you choose love, um, you, you, and you, and you act in love, your propensity to love is more. I think when you don't choose love and you fail to act in love, you lose the power to love. Mm. So I say, choose love or lose love, right? And I think um, perfect love casts, casts out fear. I think, um, I think the one that loved us the most was our Savior, Jesus Christ. I think he, but don't, don't, everything he did, did was out of love. But didn't he seem to have, I don't even know if fear is the right word, but didn't um, the Garden of Gethsemane. Right. What was that? That was the ultimate act of love. No, no, no. But what was um, when he asked the father, this cup passed before me. Right. He said, you know, if if there's any way. Right. That was was because he loved the father in heaven. I know. But if there's any way, when when, when, what was that? What was that statement? Was that? And don't get me wrong. I don't believe it's fear. I just don't know what that is. Yeah. So. My take on the Garden of Gethsemane, and again, you guys, I'm not a theologian. I'm just a spiritual believer. So my take on the, on the Garden of Gethsemane is that Christ himself, he knew that he was going to suffer and bleed from every pore and, and suffer ignominious pain and suffering. He knew that was going to be um, really, really bad and really, really hard. And because he was taking on the sins of all mankind, it was daunting. And he didn't feel like he could do it on his own. And he didn't feel like he could do it, period. So was that a so type when he, of fear? Yeah, I think it is. But I think when he went to God, he's like, if there's any way to do this other than this, please take it. Take it from Let me. me. But 
But again, he showed his submission to God, his father, because he loved him. And so he went through the pain. And you know what? In the end, because father loved Jesus, he actually abandoned him on the cross. So, so Christ had to suffer and go through all of this terrible things, all these terrible things, and actually die alone so he would gain great empathy great and have empathy for all human beings of all of people of all religions of all color of all um of all social economic status and when be, because he has all understanding because he suffered more than anyone and that by the way was ignited from love and whenever we have empathy in other words we try to understand someone in their situation that is an act of love. Empathy by itself, when you share it with someone, is an act of love. That is a choice. And that always makes things better. Always. But it's difficult to love others more than you love yourself. Matter of fact, it's impossible. So how you learn to love... So the first question in this diatribe that I'm going on, you know, this kind of love kind of thing. I'm like, well, how do you learn to love yourself when you weren't taught to love yourself? If, you, if, if loving others, you can't love others more than you love yourself. Where did you learn to love yourself? And most of us have learned to love ourselves or learned what love was from the love that our parents gave us. And if that love was all sorts of dysfunction and freaky like mine were, my, my parents were, then I've had a hard time my whole life loving myself. And it's been a struggle for me to do that. And my self-worth, my self-esteem has connected to those events as a child. So when I really understood the power of love, um, as when I was a full-time missionary and when I'd done religious services, or even when I've coached or even today, like today, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to wake up every day and I'm going to do my best to show unconditional love for people because that's going to carry light and power with it. It's going to make people, uh, my consciousness will be greater and that's going to bless the lives of people. Now you don't believe in unconditional love. I know no. that. Um, nope. But I believe that building unlimited power comes from love and love is a choice. So we can actually, we can actually use that brain we have, use the heart we have, use the emotions we have for greater good and light. Now, I just went on a diatribe. I'll shut up now. But Well, a couple of things. One, do you think Jesus's consciousness was in sync with God's? 100%. Absolutely. Number two. God's will was his will. Number and two. our when we when we get in sync with him and God, that's power, good. Power and knowledge. Yeah. Now, do you think love is um because you said that you, our first thing is we learn love like from our parents or whatever, right? Yeah, because they love us first. That's where we learn love. You learn love when you experience love. So does love exist without you experiencing it? No. Okay, so it's not something eternal. Yeah, it is, because I'm eternal. I've always lived yeah, and I always I will live. Saying, like if, you, if love is a choice, I got to think about this some more because this is bothering me. I know it's bothering you. I'm sort of having fun with it. Yeah, it's I had no idea me. that my stuff on love would connect with your meditation stuff. No, I didn't either because I'm even, the word love has not even entered my consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is tonight. It love is, is tonight. entering your consciousness tonight. Because here's my thing is like, um, the, the way I envision love, my thought process around the idea of love gets you nowhere. 
Of course, that's because you're an attorney. Yeah. Your profession, your profession has taught you to remove love from any kind of exchange or um, litigation. Yeah, because consciousness, here's, here's the difference. Consciousness opens me up to higher levels of uh, knowledge and wisdom. But it, it's really hard for me to th- have the thought that love could do the same. Well, consciousness is love. <sighs> yeah, I'm sorry, man. Like, you, you know what? There was an experiment. That. I was reading this book. I can't remember what it was. But in Russia... In the 1920s, Mm -hmm. they took these newborn babies and they didn't let them be touched by human beings in an orphanage. And none of them lived past a year old. They all died because they didn't get human touch. They didn't experience any form of love and affection. And they died. They died. Their consciousness left their mortal bodies because they were void of love and touch and empathy. And they died. And I think we all die. I think when, there's more that comes from touch than just love your first year on this earth. Well, think about it, man. You're nurturing. I mean, my, Kim watched Lil Mac on Monday. Correct. Yeah. She doted over his ass sure. all day long. No, I'm not saying it doesn't have a positive No, and effect. like Lil Mac responded to it. Like his, oh, you could tell his consciousness absolutely. was massively impacted by that's, his grandmother. And that's why children need to be held when something traumatizing happens, right? Like they need to be held whether traumatizing stuff I mean, happens no, or not. I'm just taking an extreme example here, right? Okay. And so they do respond to it, but I think there's more that is going on there. You learn trust, you learn love, you learn affection, you learn there's so many more things than just love. Oh, I know. I'm just telling just... I know, of course. You learn how to eat, you learn how to sleep, you learn you're programmed. But like without it, you die, dude. Without love, you die. You think about your boys. Die? I don't know if that's true. You totally die. Think about your boys. I don't think they die. No. Think about the love you have for them. Yeah, sure. Love them. Great. I mean, but my point is, is like, (laughs) you don't believe. You don't believe in love, dude. You don't believe in love. I think. I think we might be talking about the same thing. I think I just give a different definition of terms. Definitions of terms. Yeah, because I. There is something there, right? That's the beginning of wisdom, the definition of terms. Right. There's there's something there that you have for your children nat or you should have for your children naturally. Well, they're part of your they're they're part of you. I don't know if that's true now with consciousness. They're, I don't dude, know. Dude, they're they're okay, genetically they're part of you. Yeah, that I mean they're shell. They're half your DNA. <laughs> huh? They're they're shell is. Okay. Yeah. They, no, they, they are. How weird this they is. are. They're Think individual. How, they're right. individuals. Right. Consciousnesses are totally different. Right. You look at you know Henrik to you know to Drake and and yeah, in totally between they're enough. totally different kids, right? So right. their consciousness is different. Because when their consciousness leaves their body, when we're all done, like it's not going to be like, oh, that's my kid. Because their consciousness is. Always you won't existed. recognize Drake. No, 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 no. I'll recognize him. But I don't think we'll be like, that's my son. You could say like, that's my son from earth or something like that. Dude, you're going to totally recognize your son. Well, no, I know I'm going to recognize him. No, but, but like like the part of your family. Yeah. But think about it this way. Like, um, yeah, well, I guess we'll just use different definition of terms. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the secret to all this. By the way, we've gone through 48 minutes, Jesus 47 Christ. minutes, and it seems like five minutes. Yeah, I know. This is what that was unbelievable. When you get into the philosophies of Sam Bracken and Brian Arnold. <laughs> 
Welcome to the rabbit hole. <laughs> Come to the rabbit hole. Oh my gosh. This has been an enjoyable, I mean, I've enjoyed this podcast better than almost everyone. Like to me, this is my favorite podcast for some oh. reason. It's, I've just been fascinated by the whole thing. Oh. And I want to talk about this more. Maybe our listeners can tell us like how they want us to talk about this more, <sighs> or if they do or if they don't. I know that I am coming next week with some crap to prove my point. Well, guess what? I'll pony up. Yeah. You know, I'll pony up on love, Jackson, even though your name is BA. I will pony up also on love. (laughs) (laughs) You come back. Yeah. Well, meditation is a form of love. Yeah. Ted Bundy loved a lot of people. No, he was a, he was a sociopath that killed people. He didn't love anybody. How do you know? Because he murdered and was terrible. He's a mass murderer. So by your definition, Okay. Boom. I don't know why that felt good, but it felt really good. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> All right. So we good. need to, so folks, we want you, we want to encourage everyone this week to take time to meditate. Empty your mind. And find love. And find, there we go. Empty your mind and find love. That's the title of this podcast. Empty, Empty your mind, mind and find love. And find love. We're good on luck. our way out. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck with that. And look up something by Deepak Chopra. Also, Encounters of the Fifth Kind on iTunes and Amazon. You do have to buy it, but it's well worth the watch. And we're not sponsored by them, but that would be cool. Very cool. Have a wonderful week. Find peace. Meditate. Find Sam's love. <laughs> <laughs>